Welcome to Connecting the Resilient. This is your host, Andrew Mangan. Little history, I suffered a spinal cord injury in December 2016. I started Connecting the Resilient to share stories of people who've gone through the experience of spinal cord injuries, but also from doctors, researchers, therapists, and more who share their information and their ideas and what they've learned from being in the spinal cord injury community. For more information, please visit our website at www.connectingtheresilient.com. This is your host, Andrew Mangan. For the ninth episode of Connecting the Resilient, I spoke with Kay Ledson. Kay is currently walking across the United States to raise awareness for spinal cord injury rehabilitation. Her son was injured 17 years ago and she's been an advocate for activity-based rehab ever since. For more information, visit Kay's webpage. It's uh, Warrior Moms Walk uh, Facebook page. That's moms with a Z. Um, and then you can also follow them on Instagram. It's a really fascinating story about the reason for the walk, but also Kay's experience in the spinal cord injury community, going through it with her son over the past really 17 years, and all the all the tips and advice she has for current families going through this. And so I'm really excited to bring this to you. And now, Kay. One last thing before we start. Um, I just want to say that this episode uh, was recorded over the phone. Uh, generally, I use a program called Ringer, which provides really, really good audio quality on both ends. But unfortunately, because uh, Miss Ledson is literally on the road, she couldn't um, use that. So the recording is a little bit subpar. I do apologize for that. Um, it's a little choppy because we broke in and out here. Um, so I just wanted to apologize before the episode. But I think you can uh, you can understand it all very well. Um, so thank you and uh, hope you enjoy. I'm here. I'm here with uh, Kay Ledson. Kay, thanks for thanks for calling. Kay is currently walking across the United States to raise awareness for spinal cord injury rehabilitation. Kay, could you uh, tell us a little bit about that and kind of. Uh, What's brought you to walking across the United States? Well, um, in 2000, my son um, suffered a catastrophic spinal cord injury in Australia. And within nine hours, the doctors had given up on him. And we were obviously a bit disappointed. Um, I remember my grandmother used to say to me, if you don't use it, you lose it. So we decided that we must make Josh's body as active as possible. And what we yeah. now, what we did then in those days, we now know is called activity-based therapy, and yeah. below the injury. So our total focus, um, while Josh was in hospital, was to stimulate his body below the injury, and we had we had some amazing success, and we just went back into our lives um, until 2011. So Josh continued activity-based therapy with a variety of people. Um, he went back to his normal gym, he worked with a personal trainer and we had a, a bunch of other people that did different types of therapies working with him for nearly 10 years. 
And then in yeah. 2011, we heard about the activity-based therapy centres in America that actually had programs. Our program was just we kept trying new things and some worked, some didn't. So we were excited about that because we always had problems with referring people because our system was our system. It wasn't anything that was, um, well, it was professional, but it wasn't anything that um, had tested protocols except with Josh. So my son went to um, one of the therapy centres in America in 2011 to actually work on his gait because he was walking, but he had a very awkward gait. And uh, he went with his girlfriend. And then when he um, arrived, he was blown away by it and rang me and said, you have to come over. And so I came to the States and the first time I walked into the therapy centre, I cried because, not because people were getting better, it was because I saw happy parents. So I ended up working in that centre for a year and through that we realised with what we'd done with Josh, we had done some pretty special stuff. And uh, Josh and I became advocates for activity-based therapy and we sent a lot of clients to that particular uh, facility and others that we were aware of in the States. Um, in 2014, I was back in Australia and I had finished my book and I was planning to come to America to launch it and I was contacted by four families asking me to help and help them and I looked at where they lived and thought, well, that's not going to happen, unfortunately. And I, I just basically said to God, I need some guidance and God said yeah. to me, you need to walk across America. And and you need and, and the whole idea with the walk is to raise money for activity based therapy through um, accredited facilities uh, because there is no formal funding for activity-based therapy below injury and we know it works and so the walk hopefully becomes the catalyst that we can raise a lot of money so that we can help families um, go to these facilities and, and you know experience what we've experienced with my son. Yeah and uh, yeah wow that's uh really amazing kind of what you've done and trailblazing <laughs> a lot of this. I mean, uh, um, uh, it was 11 years ago. This, it's so different even even from then to now. And I think a lot of the, uh, a lot of part of the problem is that um, people kind of treat spinal cord injuries like any other injuries. And I think, and um, I think you agree with me, is, is that they're just so different. It's not really like another injury where it's it's kind of, you don't want to make it worse by um, kind of going against uh, what's the norm. And I found, and I, I, uh, I presume this is what um, you're thinking, is that uh, kind of going against the norm is, is the, the best way, kind of the only way to, um, to recover from these. Well, I think the thing is that one of the things we asked the doctors, because we did a lot of, work in the hospital that the, the doctors had no clue about. I brought people in to work with Josh pretty well from once his injury was stabilised. But one of the things I asked them was, can we make this injury any worse? And really the only part of Josh's body other than he had cuts and bruises and everything from his fall was the damage to his cord. And this yeah. is where I think people feel that they're scared to do anything because they might create more damage. Well, as long as you don't go near the injured area, you know, the, the body's actually fine. And the sooner you start, yeah. our theory is, 
the sooner you start, the the better it is because the body loses memory. And yeah. um and and also things that we weren't told like back in two thousand um was that the spinal cord is very swollen and that the spinal cord can be swollen for a number of months. In fact our our advice on Josh was his spinal cord was swollen for over two years. Now it wasn't it was getting marginally um less swelling, but it he still had swelling in his cord for over two years. So our, our, again, our theory is that the earlier you start with activity-based therapy, and you've got to go to someone that knows what they're doing. Um, yeah. But in America, there are a lot now, and that, and that's amazing. And also, there's in, when Josh had his accident, there was no Facebook or Instagram or anything like that. And so it's a lot easier to find good places to go just by, you know, asking for recommendations on Facebook. Um, yeah. One of the things that, we that was drummed into me when I was working at the facility was you shouldn't start any kind of therapy unless you um, have a bone density scan because um, often people can lose bone density quite quickly and it's really important right. that they have, that if you're going to a facility that they at least check your bone density. I mean the biggest problem yeah. is though Andrew that there is no insurance cover for those injuries and we yeah. we we can prove categorically that people that do activity-based therapy below injury are healthier. They have a better outlook on life. They have what's most important is hope. And they also have a community that supports them. Because if you're going to a facility, part of that facility, there's a community. And I think that that's really important. And that's one of the reasons why, again, Josh and I are, real activists for activity-based therapy. And the, the thing with the walk is that we're hoping that we can create enough momentum this year that we do more walks and, and raise more and more money. And then ultimately, we have an annual event like Wings for Life. I mean, Wings for Life that Red Bull sponsors, that's yeah. all about research. And while research really. is important, if you don't have a fit, healthy body, I don't think research is going to be a huge help to you. So, you know, it, it, you can't have one without the other. So Red Bulls and, and Wings for Life are doing an amazing job on raising money and raising awareness for research. We want to raise awareness for the importance of activity-based therapy. And, you know, hopefully we'll raise, raise enough money and we'll be able to give out scholarships and grants to the facilities um, for their clients. Yeah, and um, what do you say? I know um, I was just uh, speaking with a physical therapist, and I know a lot of a lot of kind of the physical therapists um, kind of buy into that, but they feel just because there hasn't been enough kind of hard evidence um, in like double-blind research studies that it's working. But do you do you think have you seen over the uh, over the decade you've been involved? Have you kind of Seen that um, facilities are starting to kind of uh, embrace this activity-based therapy more and more, um, and obviously I, it's not as uh, much as um, is needed. But do you think that there is a there is some change? Well, I think the thing is that the difficulty is it's very difficult to do research because every injury is different, and yeah. then and then everyone's capacity to pay is different. 
and and also you've got to have your support. So, for instance, you know, from the moment that you, you're injured and you've probably gone through this experience, the hospital does everything to disable you. They don't just disable you, they disable your family, they disable your friends. And so it's very difficult. So it takes, um, it's very hard to um, break that in the medical profession and we, and we really need to. Um, I have never experienced anyone that hasn't had some form of recovery by doing activity-based therapy. Now, everyone's goals are different too. So, and again, this is where it's difficult with research. You, you might have a goal, a quadriplegic, for instance, may have a goal that they want to just clean their teeth or scratch their nose or, or, or do their own capping. Um, another one may just want to um, be able to sit independently or transfer. I mean, everybody has their own level of what their goal is. And, and you know, I think a lot of misinformation is it's all about walking. I mean, I don't think that, I think walking, if that happens, that's between them and God. But the real issue is, is giving them independence. And I, I have never, ever experienced anyone who hasn't had some form of recovery through intensive activity-based therapy. But also the other important thing is they feel better in themselves and they um, they have hope. And, and I have a friend who didn't do any therapy at all for 10 years and he's just yeah. doing remarkably well now. I mean, he didn't do anything for 10 years and then he got into activity-based therapy and fortunately had the money to, to pay for the therapy. I mean, that's the biggest issue. The saddest thing of all is that people save up and they go and they pay for the therapy and they start to get progress and then their money runs out. Or if their insurance is covering a small amount of the, the therapy costs, then they hit a plateau and then the insurance company says, sorry, we're not funding you anymore. I mean, it's a real issue and part of the warrior mum's walk is that we want to go to Washington DC in March, so it'll be the beginning of the second week of March, and we yeah. want to speak to your lawmakers about including activity-based therapy in all medical insurance policies with no caps, because the caps are yeah. killers. Um, yeah, and you know, because you, I mean, you're newly injured, but you could have someone that's working and has gotten to a, a certain level of recovery, and then their body goes, "Hang on a minute, we have to, we have to stabilise." And so yeah. the therapy, the, the actual, um, the actual um, recovery slows, and then the caps cut, and that's just that's just horrible. I mean, yeah. I, I well, think no, that yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And I think another uh, really kind of um, difficult part is that um, there's such different levels of kind of like completion of injury. And and I I found that like one of the hardest parts um, and kind of the part that I think um, to, makes people kind of lose motivation is just the uh, lack of information on kind of where you're going to go. Um, and I think that uh, is a big part of why people kind of ultimately stop um, being active and stop working on that in addition to the uh, the cost. Well, I mean, I think that, I think where I've seen, you know, to me there's no limits to recovery if you can fund it. Now, 
for instance, I've probably spent over a million dollars on my son's therapy over the years, over 17 years. Yeah. Um, I think that if they just find a really good gym that they can go to that is sympathetic to their needs, you know, that's better than nothing. And I think yeah. that, but I mean, I would always be an advocate for going to a proper centre where the people are used to working with spinal cord injury. And it's just amazing when you see some successes. I, I watched a lady go from a high-level quad in a power chair into a manual chair. Now, it took her nearly 12 months, but the look on her face was just, I can't even describe it. It was like she'd won a million dollars. It was just yeah. wonderful. And, you know, I think um, the problem with activity-based therapy is that you have to keep doing it, you know, and that's the biggest problem. I mean, the the problem with a spinal cord injury is that unless you get yourself to a situation where you're comfortable and, you know, you've achieved your goals, you've still got to maintain your fitness because the body, in my experience, the body forgets. Yeah, I mean, can you talk, uh, I know your son's had a, a pretty amazing recovery. What's kind of been... Uh his journey in that. I know he uh, got the pretty grim prognosis uh, 17 years ago and kind of well, what his, uh, his recovery journey. Well, I think, I mean, both of us have written books, <laughs> so yeah. it's a big story, but the only thing, I think the most important thing for Josh was that when he was initially told the prognosis, he was, he was um, about to be signed as a professional snowboarder and to be based in the United States from Australia. And that was happening the week after his accident. Obviously, that never happened. And um, so when he was initially told that uh, the level of his injury and that basically we were told he would never get out of bed again and he had less than 3% chance of any recovery, he asked me to help him commit suicide. And And that was really probably the hardest thing for me as a mother to go through because... I had to, whatever I said to him next was going to either give him hope or make him want to die. And I just said to him, you know, that he actually had a a decision that he made that night after the accident he was lying on the road and he felt he was dying, but something made him hang in there and fight. And that's what I used. I just said, well, look, you know, you, you, you had a choice to die on Sunday night and you chose not to. So let's just except that you're going to get some kind of recovery. And we just made each other a promise that we would do whatever it took to get better. And we did use a lot of, well, you've got to remember that 17 and a half years ago, the internet was in its infancy. And um, we decided not to ever research the internet because we didn't want any boundaries to his recovery. And we also did not, um, associate with anybody in the hospital at all and that sounds pretty tough but to be honest with you all I cared about was my son and I didn't want him taking on other people's problems or other people's yeah. anger or angst about their injury and again every injury is different obviously we didn't know that in those days and so we yeah. just um, worked on a premise of making sure his body was in alignment and um, we massaged his fingertips and toe tips extensively for hours and hours every day, just his fingertips and toe tips because they were the extremities. 
and we use yeah. um, sandalwood oil because sandalwood oil is a really good healing oil. And then we just started to build our team around that. And he went back to a normal gym, but we found a personal trainer that um, understood the science, the body science. And he worked with Josh in making sure his core was strong and making sure that he um, could balance. Um, My son walked out of hospital four and a half months after he'd been admitted, but he and he didn't use a wheelchair after three years. So and he's back snowboarding and rides a motorbike. But what we now understand that we did with all of the work was that we actually retrained his neural pathways. And in his words, he drives a manual body. So we don't really think that his cord functions. His level of injury is C5, T1, but the most damage was done C6, C7. That's where the the spinal cord was actually crushed. So, you know, I mean, but we have done a lot of um, different things, but I guess the one thing that we have done consistently is work below the injury. And that really is the key to what we've done. I mean, it's always been activity below injury. So, you know, I mean, our message always is, is as long as, you know, we don't believe in doing anything around the actual injury area because you could cause further damage. It's always been below the injury. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean... um so if you were to uh, kind of uh, give a couple of recommendations to people who've been recently injured, um, I, I presume one of the big ones is uh, get up and get up and move. But what uh, what other kind of recommendations would you give to to these people, or uh, more especially kind of as your experience as a, as a mother and as a family member? What would your what would your uh, recommendations be on, on that note? Well, I think it is an injury. It's not a disability. And my hashtag is enabled, not disabled. And the thing is that um, we always enabled Josh to be independent. So, look, he couldn't use his hands and there was a period of time that we fed him and he hated it. And he used that hatred to teach himself to eat, eat, eat himself. And it's the little things like I think if... When I, one of the things that obviously Josh set a goal, and I don't even know if he's achieved it yet, and his major, major goal was to walk down the street with his friends without them having to wait for him. But he knew that he had to set the like the thousands of little incremental goals that you need to do to to walk. And, you know, the first thing was sitting up because initially in the hospital, every time they tried to sit him up, he passed out, which is a problem that a lot have. And so he had to keep fighting that. And so he knew that he couldn't do anything until he could sit up. And then once he learned to sit up, it was more a matter of rolling over in bed and learning how to do his transfers and and things like that. So we celebrated everything. That one thing that Josh has done a lot is he's used um, visualization and meditation. So the visualization really when he was laying in bed and he couldn't move, he would visualise exercising different parts of his body. And because he was a snowboarder and because he was a motorbike rider, 
He used the visualization of the movement on weight transfer and things like that to teach yeah. his body to remember. A lot of Josh's work was done with visualization. And so, and that's just the normal athletes, um, yeah. the way normal athletes yeah, behave. Sure. Yeah, so, absolutely. yeah, but I think the the thing is that um, these days there's a lot more information on the internet. I guess one of the things that I say to families is don't wait for research. I mean, research yeah. is important, but you have to be fit and healthy. And the sooner you get into therapy, and there's some excellent therapy group uh, centres in America, um, whether you're on the East Coast or West Coast, the sooner you get into therapy, the better, but it gets down to, again, the family's ability to fund that therapy. And that's really the crux of why we're walking, trying to raise money for activity-based therapy scholarships. But also um, the other thing is that through the walk, we've got um, Help Hope Live will actually help families individually raise money for their own therapy. And so yeah. there's two ways... The walk can help families is at a at a at a um, level where the money goes into the quad foundation and it's used for therapy. But families can set up their own individual therapy accounts through Help Hope Live, and they're more than willing to help families, and they do a lot of work for those families. So the problem until we can get insurance covering therapy, then we're going to have to do things like this all the time. Um, also to, to obviously force Congress to look at it. Because I can tell you now, someone who's gone through therapy is a happier person, a healthier person, less likely to spend time in hospital and yeah. and can actually have a meaningful life in our community. It's not the end of their lives. I mean, my son yeah. says that the injury is the best thing that ever happened to him. And that's a huge, really? huge statement. But I know others that say the same thing. You know, their lives are a little bit out of control, they got injured, they've they've focused on their recovery and they feel that they're a better person. So yeah, I think that, yeah. you know, therapy is huge and it gives people hope and we need to educate the medical profession not to take everybody's hope away because they yeah. still do, sadly, in most cases. Absolutely. And so um, just to uh, kind of... Really reiterate for uh, for for those listening. Um, you're walking. Where did you uh, start your walk? I started walking in Carlsbad, California, on the 22nd of September. So tomorrow's my eight-week anniversary. Um, oh, wow. I'm, I'm traveling. I'm traveling with um, a lady called Kelly McCall, who's a paraplegic, and she's in charge of the motorhome. She kind of manages me and makes sure I don't get lost because I'm not really good at direction. Um, so we're traveling um, and we're now in um, New Mexico where we've just left Albuquerque and we're heading yeah. towards Amarillo and then from Amarillo, Oklahoma City and we go through Birmingham and or Shreveport, Birmingham. I, get some, I forget some of the cities we're going through but we end up in South Carolina, North yeah. Carolina and then Virginia and then in Washington, D.C., the beginning of the second week of March. Wow. So it's well, just well. over 3,000 miles, yeah. and um, it's and I do about 22 miles a day, six days a week. How's, how's, that, how's that been? Uh, tough. <laughs> I can't say it hasn't been. It's, I've gone through several imagine. pairs of shoes. 
I've gone through several pairs of shoes already. I've just got a new set of shoes that, a new pair of shoes that seem to be doing the job, but it's pretty hard on the feet and the shoes. I've had three different lots of um, blisters and just dealing with blisters and um, yeah. and my feet are callousing up really nicely now. So I'm, my yeah. calluses are a badge of pride for me. And, uh, <laughs> you know, but it's been pretty good. I've got a little bit of a niggling injury on my right foot, but it seems to be okay. I mean, the body's getting used to it. I mean, the biggest challenge is, finding um, when we originally did the route we thought we'd be a lot on old route 66 once we hit this part but the problem is that i 40s kind of taken over route 66 and it it kind of moves in and out of it so often we have to find alternative routes to get to where we need to get to but look it's all good and um, I think I'll hit over 900 miles this week so I'm excited about that wow that's uh, that's pretty amazing and um, pretty just incredible. So, as what you're doing to raise awareness uh, for spinal cord injuries, um, that I I hope uh, hope it takes some success in Washington. I know my uh, my mom was hoping to come down and join you for the the final match. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I know. I spoke yeah. to your mom and you. It'd be good. I mean, it'd be sad if we get into Washington and there's nobody there because the legislators won't take any notice of us at that stage. So we really need to get as many people to Washington as possible. And and if if people want to follow us, they just go to the Warrior Mums um, walk page. There's two. One, you join. Um, just focus on the page. And then um, if they want to make a donation, it's just www.quadfoundation.org. Thanks so much. We'll Thanks, you. Andrew. You All take right. care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye. Bye. That was Kay Ledson. For more information, visit Kay's Facebook page at Warrior Moms with a Z walk. Or you can donate to Kay's Walk and to Raising Awareness for Spinal Cord Injuries at thequadfoundation.com. I really hope you enjoy the episode and be sure to check back next Saturday for more.